And hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports, episode number 21. This is your good friend Jimbo signing in. How's everybody's week going? Mine's not going uh, too bad so far. Um, I was sick Monday, but better now. Probably sick because of the, the Eagles game and uh, Flyers getting destroyed. But uh, I mean, hey, at least at least I had Notre Dame uh, winning this this week, so that that was a, a positive. But uh, also watched a little bit of uh, UFC 229 with uh, Conor McGregor making his uh, two-year comeback, going up against uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. I can never say his name right now. I'm sorry about that. But it was a, a pretty stacked card. And uh, yeah, I ended up getting it, and I'll get into that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, I definitely have some some feelings about it. But before we get into the show, uh, you can go over onto uh, Twitter and follow me on there at Jimbo St Sports. You can also follow the show at St Sports Podcast. I do a lot of uh, the live events. I'll live tweet my feelings about um, how the rounds went with UFC or boxing or my newest sport that I'm into, that bare knuckle boxing, which that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. So I'm kind of excited about that. But also any type of you know NFL controversies or anything like that. And also you can follow our, our friend King at King of Skunk Duck as well so just like every week um, I'm going to talk about the past week uh, college football obviously I'm going to start off with uh, Notre Dame got to watch that game against Virginia Tech it was a big game Um, they were ranked I think 24 at the time we were ranked uh, 6th and from what I remember uh, because I drank a lot that night uh, the first half was a pretty good game, and then the second half we came out and we just just start pulling away. <clears throat> uh, we ended up winning the, the the game, 45-23. And I'm telling you, what, I know I said this last week, but ever since we put Book in there as the quarterback, this offense just looks like it has so much more confidence. And it seems a lot more like smoother and, and fluent, and just hopefully you know they, they can keep it going. A little bit uh, easier schedule this week. They got Pittsburgh uh, this week, but Notre Dame came in at number five when they they released the rankings. Um, some of the other top twenty-five games, which could impact Notre Dame. Uh, we have number two Georgia against number 13 LSU uh, I wouldn't you know again I won't be surprised if LSU upsets Georgia I mean some of these top four teams had some some close games over the past couple weeks except for Alabama I don't, I don't think they had a, a close game yet uh, they, they played Arkansas this past week and totally destroyed them 65-31 but this week they got Missouri too so I mean I think they're going to keep their undefeated 
record going. But if Georgia could lose and LSU wins, obviously I would I would think Georgia would have to drop out of the top four. And as long as Notre Dame handles their business, um, they, they should move up at least to number four. If not, maybe number three, depending on how Ohio State does against Minnesota. And Clem, uh, Clemson's off this week. So, you know, they, they, they could leapfrog. But uh, but I'm, I'm hoping for an LSU win. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes this, this weekend. Um, another top 25 game we have is uh, Washington against uh, number 17, Oregon. Washington won this past week against UCLA, 31-24, and moved up uh, three spots to number seven. Oregon, I just don't think is the way they were when Chip Kelly was there before he jumped to the NFL. And Yeah, they're good, but I just don't think they're like that dominant team that, that Chip Kelly had for all those years, so... I'm going to say I'm going with Washington this week. Um, not really sure how much I want to put as, as far as a score. Just because, I mean, college is... That's the only thing with college that I have a hard time with <clears throat> is the scores. I mean, you look at, like I said, Alabama, 65-31. Uh, Clemson against Wake Forest, 63-3. But yet then you have West Virginia against Kansas, 38-22. So, yeah, a lot of points, but some of the games are very lopsided. Uh, but another game, that this this one actually could be a interesting game. This, this might be my interesting game of the week. You got number 11, Oklahoma, going up against number 19, Texas. I'm sorry, that, that was last week. Which actually turned out to be an interesting game. 48-45. I think that one came on late. So I wasn't uh, able to watch it. But uh, but we, you do have Michigan at number 12 against number 15, um, Wisconsin. So, I mean, obviously I'll be rooting for Michigan because we have the, the win over them. So any type of wins for them only help Notre Dame's schedule. And you know, competition and strength of schedule, all all that stuff that the, the committee uh, members will take in consideration when they release their first uh, playoff rankings. But that looks to be it for any top uh, top twenty-five uh, games uh, going on. So I mean. Obviously, I'm rooting for Notre Dame. Hopefully, they pull it out. Pittsburgh can be a, a, a letdown game. Hopefully, they, they don't look past them and just keep the, the offense going and keep this undefeated season going and you know see where we end up at the end of the year. Speaking of ending years... Uh, baseball playoffs started last well I guess last Friday because um, we record on Thursdays and from what I remember I took as far as um, the American League 
I made made my picks for the divisional rounds. I took the Red Sox over the Yankees just because I think the Red Sox were a lot better team. I, I don't think the Yankees are ready yet. Um, too many moving pieces when they brought Stanton in and trying to pair him up with Aaron Judge. And you know, next year I, I think it's going to be a very interesting year for them. I think it could be a dominant year for them. But Red Sox end up winning the the series. They moved on to the ALCS. Um, I had the Astros. Uh, I'm pretty sure I picked the Astros also over the Indians because uh, I didn't think the Indians were quite there yet as well. I think they were another year or so away. So we have the Astros against the Red Sox in the ALCS. Um, this one I, I may actually tune into. I didn't really watch any of the baseball games last week, or just from, you know from this past week. But you have two good offenses and, and, and two good uh, pitching rotations that could make this uh, a very interesting series. I think I'm gonna go with the Astros. Um, I mean, it, it, it should be close though. So I'll, I'll go with the Astros. Uh, Astros in four. I, I don't think they're going to... No, Astros in five. I don't think they're going to sweep them. I, I think uh, the Red Sox will at least win one game. And then for the National League, you had the Dodgers versus the Braves, as well as the Brewers versus the Rockies. Pretty sure I took the Brewers. Uh, just because the Rockies... I don't know, they never they never strike me as a playoff team, but somehow they, they make it in there. And, you know, it's been quite some time since they got very far in the playoffs. But you end up having the, the Brewers versus Dodgers. Dodgers... Uh, beat the Braves I think I did take the Braves just because I thought they were a, a lot more talented team but it, it was nice to see uh, the Braves in there even though I'm an Orioles fan as far as the American League <coughs> and the Phillies when it comes to National uh, National League but I mean I remember the, you know Tom Glavin and uh, Smoltz and Fred McGriff, you know, a lot of those players back in the early 2000s, I believe it was. Um, but it was nice to see the Braves back in there. Unfortunately, they did not win it this year, but they're, they're, they're set up for the next couple years, so you never know what's going to happen with them. But So we got the Dodgers versus the Brewers in the NLCS. Uh, I, I got to go with the Dodgers. I think they have the, the better hitting team um, and pitching as well. But this this could go all seven games. So I'm going to say Dodgers in seven. Uh, setting up for the World Series to be Dodgers against the Astros. Uh, which, again, could be a good series. You got good pitching against a good hitting team. So we'll see how that all plays out this uh, next this next coming week. 
and uh, I will give my final World Series picks when those series are over. You're probably asking why I'm kind of moving kind of quick through this because I want to get to the UFC 229 and a little bit of uh, NFL stuff as well. But also starting this past week was the hockey season. I was I was really pumped for it. Um, I watched the Capitals last Wednesday. Pretty sure I, I talked a little bit about that uh, last Thursday. Some surprises for, uh, from this, you know, just in the first week of uh, the season. Um, you know, you got me as a a Flyers fan. <clears throat> uh, you also have King as a Devils fan. I'm sure there's a lot of you Pittsburgh fans out there. I'm curious to see what a lot of your teams uh, you root for are. If you want to shoot us a, a, a comment over on Twitter or uh, also on Facebook, but if you, you know if you want to shoot us a comment on Twitter, you just go over to uh, ST Sports Podcast and leave a comment there. No bullying, though. You know, good fun trash talking. We're, you know, we're good with that. But the surprise um, of the first week, at least for me, is out of those three teams, the Flyers, the Devils, and the Penguins, the Flyers are leading in points. I, I know it's only four games in, but Flyers have four points. Devils have two points, as well as the Penguins. Now, I... Got to see. I didn't get to see against the the Vegas Knights because that came on late. I had work the next day. I got to see a little bit of the uh, Columbus game, I believe it was, on Saturday night with the Flyers. It was kind of funny. I had I had the Flyers game going on my phone. I had the Notre Dame game on my laptop, and I had the UFC prelims going on my TV. My, my fiance was laughing at me. She says I have a problem, but I don't think so. I haven't figured it out. But uh, from what I saw, we, we still look like we're... we're we, it seems like we still didn't improve at all a little bit. And then we went on to play the Bruins on... Was it the Bruins? I forget what team it was the other night. And we have losing 8-2 for our season. Oh, San Jose, our, our home opener. 8-2. And that, that started to get me going, thinking about, you know, I know a lot of Flyer fans out there want Hextall fired, and Hextall should uh, fire him to try to start saving his job. And, and I'm not a big fan of firing coaches so early into the season. You see it a lot with basketball. see a lot with hockey. A little bit in baseball, depending on how badly you're losing. Uh, not very much in NFL. You usually at least get half a year or so, something like that. And until last night, I, I, I lay down and watched the first two periods of uh, the game um, against uh, the Senators. And I ended up going to bed when it was 4, I believe it was like 4-1, 4-2. And totally different team. It's like when we got blown out, there was no communication between players as far as 
in, in you know on defense. They're all puck chasing. But yet last night when we blew out the Senators seven to three or four it was. The whole game I watched, everybody stayed patient and waited for their moment to, you know, go after the puck, poke it away, do whatever they gotta do to get it, get control of the puck. I'm starting to wonder does Hextall have these guys ready? Like, you know, prepared for game night? Or is he overtraining them? Or undertraining them, you know, during practice that day? But again, it's only the first week, four games in. A lot of things could change. Um, I still think we need a better goalie situation. I know uh, Carter Hart is down in Lehigh. Um, with us being up in Wilkesbury, uh, Scranton area, I get to see the Baby Pens uh, play the Lehigh Phantom. So I'm hoping to. You know, get a, a chance to see how he is in, in person. I, I watched a little bit of preseason and I was quite impressed. Um, as far as the Devils, we'll see how that goes in about nine days, I, I believe it is. The first game between the Devils and the Flyers. If you guys want to follow Twitter, you might see me and King smashing each other in the face or something like that with comments and It'll, it'll be fun. Can't wait for for that series to start. So that's uh, that's that's it for hockey. Um, like I said, shoot comments over on Twitter uh, about you know what teams you guys follow or what were your your surprises of the first week of the hockey season. And uh, yeah, I'll de- I'll definitely respond with any any of my opinions or agreements or disagreements. I like that fan interaction. So moving on to uh, some NFL stuff. I know I might be very biased, you know, this week with, with the show talking a lot about the about my teams, but uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, I think this this story has to be talked about. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, it came out that. Ajayi tore his ACL in uh, Sunday's loss to the Vikings, which leaves us with Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, who is still hurt from week one, Josh Adams, which I don't know why the coaching staff isn't giving him more opportunities to run. When he runs, he runs good. So I don't know if it's, you know he's missing assignments or something like that. Maybe that's why. And then uh, Smallwood, which he, he's, he's, he's impressing me. I didn't think he beat out Josh Adams in the preseason. But he, he when he gets the chance, he's really running hard with, with the ball. But you really can't go into a game or into a season with just three running backs nowadays with the running back by committee. So it came out that there was some serious interest between the Steelers and the Eagles about trading Le'Veon Bell to Philly. And I'm against it. Yes, he's probably one of the, the best running backs in football right now. But if Philly were to pull off the trade, let's just say, you're only getting him for a half a year because of 
the Eagles' uh, cap space situation, I don't think they could sign him to an extension. You bring in a drama queen. He has some suspensions on his record. You know, is it really worth bringing a guy like this in? This could be another T.O. repeat. So uh, I'm against that. I'm against him coming in. Then it was like Monday or Tuesday, I saw Philly contact the Cardinals about David Johnson. That I wouldn't mind. Just because he's a he's a good running back, he's up there at, at least top five uh, running backs in the league, if not top three. He still has three years on his contract, so we can control him. He, he's not in the news as far as suspensions or legal problems. So, and I think he'd be a good fit. He's he's a strong runner, plus can catch the ball. And I think he'd fit well with uh, Peterson's offense. Then, I believe it was Wednesday, I see Philadelphia Eagles interested in bringing LaShawn McCoy back. Now, with Bell and David Johnson, a lot of... uh, a lot of it was very, very uh, speculatory. You know, a lot of the, you know, smoke, no fire type stuff. So you had to take everything with a grain of salt. But with the LaShawn McCoy thing, there was a lot going on with it that I think there is, I think this could happen. And I wouldn't mind bringing him over. Um, I don't think he should have been traded in the first place. Thank you, Chip Kelly. Yes, he's 30 years old, but I still think he could be productive. Uh, I think uh, where I read, I think he has like two years left on his contract. And he loves Philly. You know he wants to come back to Philly. Now, yesterday, Sean McDormand opened his press conference up with um, basically a statement before any media guys could ask about it and basically said they get calls all the time about all the players doesn't matter who but the thing is he did not say no we're not trading him or no we didn't get a phone call he did sound like there is some some rumor or some truth to this rumor now, I, I believe uh, the trade deadline is in the next uh, three or four weeks. So it could happen in three or four weeks. But if I'm Philly, I would be trying to pull one of these trades off right now. Your offense is struggling. You need a good pass-blocking running back, which all three are good at. You're two and three in a very, very, very crappy division, which is kind of sad because going into this year, I remember me and King picking that. We didn't think two teams were coming out out of this uh, division, which they're not, but more because of the records. And here it is. 
you got the Redskins, who I believe are two and two. You have the Eagles, who are two and three, uh, as well as Dallas. And then you also have the Giants, who are completely struggling. It's, it's sad when Odell Beckham is your better quarterback out of all your quarterbacks on your team with a 1-4 record, I believe it is. Now, all these teams have still have a chance to win the division. That's the only way I think any of these teams are going to get in the playoffs. So if I was Philly, I would do one of these trades right now because in three weeks' time, it may be too little, too late. If I had ranked them, I would go after McCoy first, then David Johnson, and then Bell. But they got to do it now. They, I mean, obviously, they're, you know, they're not going to get something done today where uh, Shady can play against the Giants, who they, they play tonight. So we will, we will see where this, uh, this, these rumors, I'll, sh I'll say, because they are, they're just all rumors right now, where they will go from here. But moving on to my uh, weekly picks. This week, my upset. Now, I, I base my picks off of the line. Sometimes the record, but most, most of the time, 90% of the time, on the lines. My upset of the week is the 5-0 Chiefs. I, I think they're going to beat the, the Patriots. Patriots are favored by 3.5. But the Chiefs are just too hot right now with Patrick Mahomes at, at quarterback. Yes, I know the great Tom Brady is still playing, but I, I think the Patriots still have some things to figure out offensively. Um, I mean, I'm not saying they're not making the playoffs or anything, but cause just because they have some time to figure all that stuff out. But for this week, I got Mahomes and the Chiefs over the Patriots. And for my block slash blowout is going to be the Vikings over the Cardinals. The Vikings are a 10-point favorite. I could see that being... 20 points over the Cardinals. Uh, Kirk Cousins is just he, he he's he's impressing me. You know, I'll I'll say it. Uh, I thought I thought he was gonna be a free agent bust when the the Vikings signed him, but Redskins are are looking foolish right now by not re-signing him. And that team, the Redskins team, could have been a totally different team if they kept. Kirk Cousins around, but Vikings are two and two and one. And watching them against the Eagles, they they have a very good defense and a potent offense with Diggs and Thielen at receiver. Once they figure out this running game of theirs, they they might be on they might be able to catch up with the the Rams. So th that's my picks for this week. And, again, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm moving through this stuff really fast, but I wanted to get to UFC 229 and talk about that a little bit, about the about Conor 
McGregor making his comeback and all the after uh, after the fight incident of what happened and what happened today as far as on uh, Twitter with Habib as well. Um, it was a great card. It was a great fight. You know, the Tony Ferguson Pettis fight, I mean, bloody, but very entertaining and both are, were warriors. Not to use that phrase you know, catchphrase or whatever you want to call it, but that was a hell of a fight. My, my hat is definitely tipped off to them. Then you had uh, Derek Lewis, who I think is my my new favorite fighter. Uh, Derek Lewis from uh, in the heavyweight division fought, uh, I think the guy's last name was Volkloff. And, I mean, you know, typical, once heavyweights, they're, they, they slow down, obviously, because they're, they're big boys. Ended up knocking out Volkov, and when Joe Rogan came in to interview him, uh, Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis took his pants off, and only had a pair of underwear on. And I was like, okay, like by that point I was really, really drunk. I'm like, what the, what the hell's going on here? And you know, sure enough, Joe Rogan said, you know, Lewis, you know, why are you taking, why'd you take your pants off? And this is why I like him. This is not the first time he's commented like something like this, but he found said, my balls were hot. I freaking lost it. <laughs> I mean, the whole crowd lost it. His response uh, with why, you know, with the, the Volkov knockout, he said that Donald Trump called him up earlier in the day and said, you know, knock this Russian out and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, a lot of stuff he, he makes up, you would have to think. But, He's definitely my new fighter. And he actually is going to fight Daniel Cromier now for the heavyweight belt, which I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I'll talk about that in another episode when it's close to their fight, and you know we'll talk about that then. But I want to get into the Habib slash Connor drama. So... For any of you guys that have been following this this fight, uh, this feud, knows about the the April incident up in New York with Conor McGregor throwing the the dolly at the bus that Habib was on, busted some of the windows, hurt some of the fighters, almost almost totally trashed the UFC pay-per-view event that weekend that he showed up. Uh, Conor ended up agreed to a plea deal so he didn't have to have uh, any jail time got, I'm pretty sure he got a big fine had to do some community service you know yada 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 Habib like I said was on the bus they ended up making the fight for a title uh, for October 6th which was this past weekend and I don't know I mean it, it seemed like a good fight up until uh, Connor uh, tapped out, and you know I'm a Connor fan, but you know he, he lost fair and square. And then one, it when, when Habib got up, it looked like he spit on Connor. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I'm not. You couldn't really see any fluid coming out of Habib's mouth, but there is a lot of bad blood there, so I'm sure that was pure adrenaline thinking there. And then Habib turned to the the other side of the, the cage 
took his mouth guard out, threw it at, at the cage, yelling at somebody outside the, of the cage, which turned out to be uh, one of Conor McGregor's friends, training partners, Dylan Adonis. And ended up, Habib ended up jumping over the fence, jumping into the crowd, and going after uh, the teammate. And just starting this big melee. Um, as that was going on, two of Habib's teammates jumped into the ring and started going after Connor. Now, the video shows. The reason why I bring up the teammates is because the, the video shows that Connor threw the first punch at the first teammate. As they were looking at each other, the second teammate sucker punched Connor. And he connected. And, you know, everybody got separated there. Um, whole crowd was booing. They got Habib out of that melee, brought him back into the ring. Dana White refused to put the belt on because, I mean, I watched his press conference afterwards and I agree with uh, what Dana said. He, Habib said, you're putting your belt on me. Dana White said, no, I'm not. These fans aren't ready for this. It's going to rain beer cans and everything else um, that they could find to throw into this ring. So all that. Oh, and uh, the other thing at uh, Dana White's press conference was <clears throat> at the time he didn't know if it was definitely Habib's teammates that jumped in the ring, but made the statement that if it was, they will never fight in the UFC again, which we'll see. I mean, he said a couple times about different uh, fighters. He said CM Punk would never fight in the UFC. Here he is getting demolished every time he gets, gets out there. Uh, Paul Daly with a sucker punch on Josh Koscheck. He hasn't been back in UFC since then, so probably, you know, like a base-by-base -base, uh, type of situation. So it was either yesterday or definitely today, it came out that one of the teammates of Habib's was in the ring, or octagon, that sucker punched um, Connor. Dana White ended up canceling his fight against, actually, Connor's teammate, Artem uh, Libov. Again, I'm sorry with, with, if I butchered that name, but cancel that fight. So Habib went to Twitter to respond about that situation uh, that Dana White just did. Now, before I read it, some of the stuff I do agree with Habib, and some of it I don't. So, this is what uh, Habib said on Twitter. I would like to address UFC. Why didn't you fire anyone when their team attacked the bus and injured a couple people? Uh, Nurgenrov wrote, and I got, I'm taking this from uh, ESPN. Uh, with that comment, he was referring to the incident in April when McGregor, uh, Connor threw a dolly through the bus. They could have killed someone there. Why no one says anything about insulting my homeland, religion, nation, family. Why do you have to punish my team when both teams fought? If you say that I started, then I do not agree. I finished what he started. In any case, punish me. Tugov has nothing to do with that. That's uh, Habib's teammate. 
If you think that I'll keep silent, then you're, you are mistaken. You cancel Zubrar's fight, and you want to dismiss him just because he hit Connor. But don't forget that it was Connor who had hit my, uh, my brother first. Just check the video. Which, again, I didn't see the video about that. All I, all I remember is from Saturday night. If you decide, oh, uh, Habib goes on. If you decide to fire him, you should know that you'll lose me too. We never give up on our brothers in Russia, and I will go to the end for my brother. If you still decide to fire him, don't forget to send my broken contract. Otherwise, I'll break it myself. Now, I I respect Habib for having his teammates back with this and stuff like that, but. What, in my personal opinion, what Habib did compared to what Connor did is two different things. What Connor did, and I'm not defending Connor, what Connor did, me personally, he should have been suspended. UFC dropped the ball on this. He should have been suspended. He should have been fined very largely because, like Habib said, he could have killed someone. He could have, he could have almost made, a, I think it was Chelsea. The fighter, blind, got glass in his eye. He could have ended that pay-per-view by getting all those fighters hurt. He could have lost millions. But it's Conor McGregor. A little slap on the wrist. Move on. Now, I think what Habib did was a little bit more dangerous because he had 20,000 people in that arena. And for him to jump into the crowd like he did, say even even if it was a hundred people right around there, that could that could have turned out to a full blown riot. And I mean, it, it there's video out there that Connor fans and and Habib's fans were fighting out in the the concourse, so it, it carried over into the fans against fans. All he had to do. A lot, lot of these, a lot of Habib fans too, are, are showing videos about res- how uh, he respects his his, uh, his uh, opponents. And again, I respect him for it. I really do. But he should have never jumped over that fence. And his teammates should never jumped over into the, the the octagon either. If they wanted to be in there, they should have got the proper. Uh, cards or, or passes to get in there when a fighter wins they allow so many people in there was no need for them to jump in if you wanted to, to, to punch Connor win your fights and challenge him now with with uh, Habib's ultimatum that um, he'll end up leaving the UFC this and that the other thing I think he, he's semi-bluffing because, let's face it, money turns this world. He's going to leave a lot of money on the, the table if he ends up leaving UFC, even if he goes to Bellator. He's not going to make anywhere close to what he, he made for this fight. I think this fight, his purse was uh, two, $2 to $3 million. I, I, I don't even think Bellator's champions make that much money. Take this a step further with this whole feud situation. I don't blame 
Like I said, I don't blame Habib for backing his his teammates. But I really think Dana White and the UFC once again has dropped the ball. They dropped the ball with John Jones with all these chances to redeem himself and keeps failing. He was the youngest champion in the light uh, heavyweight division at I think 2021. 20, That's a very young he's still a kid. You need to, they should have surrounded him with the, the right people to keep him out of trouble. Connor, when Connor won the belt against Aldo, he he completely uh, blew up in celebrity status. And since then, this is all he does. He just trash talks, which I'm okay with, with some of the trash talking with any of the fighters, not just Connor, but with any of the fighters. Now, Connor, you know, supposedly there's a video out there that Habib is, is ground and pounding on the same, let's talk now, let's talk now, and Connor said it's just business, which it is. That's how you sell pay per views. The last great trash talker in UFC before Connor was Chael Sonnen. And he did that with Anderson Silva, and Silva destroyed him. Well, not destroyed him. I mean, he almost he almost pulled out the first win uh, with the first fight. Then the second fight, he just he got mauled. But if these fighters look at Anderson Silva with how that fight ended, with all the trash talking and all the the bashing of, of you know camps, Anderson Silva offered Chael Sonnen over to have a cookout. Like, that's how you bury feuds. And that's why I think Dana White and UFC has failed with this. They need to start putting their foot down now before this gets even worse. And back in April when Conor had the, the bus incident, I still remember King being on here saying about you know that was a WWE move um, it was a work this that the other thing and I didn't want to buy into it I tried to uh, I tried to defend UFC I can't defend them no more I mean it, it's just I think I'm starting to believe King UFC is slowly turning into WWE and I hope at some point it, it stops and goes back to how it was five, seven years ago where the fights were very entertaining, trash talking didn't get personal, you know, you just trash talk about, about their fight game. But I'm curious to see where the UFC goes with this, if there's any policies put in place from now on, and I'm curious to see how pay-per-view buys go now, or... Um, their popularity with this does this really bring a black eye to uh, the sport but I think that is going to be all for this week uh, for us guys um, thanks for tuning back in uh, if you want to follow us you could catch me over on twitter at Jimbo ST Sports you could follow the show at ST Sports Podcast like I said throw your comments in there about your, you know, what hockey teams uh, you guys follow. Maybe I could trash talk with you guys a little bit. 
And then also follow our, our friend King over at King of Skunk Duck. Check out his t-shirts. He's always trying to put uh, t-shirts uh, out there for you guys to to buy uh, different styles, different things. Pretty cool stuff. But that's it for this week. This is your good friend Jimbo signing out. See ya.